Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the word-giving, insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now, on to today's message. Uh, as you know, we're right in the start, the beginning of a series called Job. And uh, the second week of a 10-week series, uh, Pastor Kevin with, was with you last week, and he spoke to you about the blame game. Anybody remember that? You know, sometimes we have to take responsibility for ourselves. But this week, we're going to be talking to you about borrowing some faith. Now, this was pretty cool. Pretty cool when I was looking at the Word of God. And uh, this, is, this is one of those type of messages uh, when I was growing up. When I first came to the Lord, I was in a Pentecostal church. Anybody ever heard of those, those type of churches? You know, you kind of like throw your hand and go, woo, Jesus. <laughs> this is one of those type of messages. But I'm going to do my best to kind of, you know, just give you the word today. today. But has anybody ever gotten into a position where you just needed some additional help in believing something that, 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 you, were, that you had a desire for? Anybody ever, you know, you just wanted to get to, it's like you're on this journey. And you're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. And there's nowhere in sight. And you're just waiting. I don't know if I could make it. Anybody ever been in a situation like that before? And you just needed somebody else to come alongside of you and say, you know what, you can do this. And so, so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at how to borrow some faith. And so if you have your copy of God's word, we're going to be going to Job, the second chapter. Second chapter of Job. And while you get that, listen, I want to tell you a little story. Second chapter of Job, we're going to just cover a few few verses there. Um, my wife and I, we've been here now, and I think August would be about three years for us. And as you heard, Pastor Kevin, uh, initially we came down to plant a church. That was our purpose of moving from Pennsylvania. And we asked the Lord, it's a, it's a long story, I promise I won't go into it, but we asked the Lord to kind of settle us in a, in a place, and he led us here. And uh, one of the things that we did, uh, we, right before we came, we put out some fillers. Well, my wife did. She put out some applications applications and every application that she put out she got a call for at least that's what it was in my eyes she said that's not true but it, I'm telling you every time she puts out an application she gets an interview I, that never happens to me but you know she got interviews and so we that's how we ended up in Chester uh, and so she was at a school district and when she uh, got there she started working uh, she's a teacher by trade and so she was working along the other colleagues and everything and she she met a young lady and uh, they befriended each other real quick. And I think somewhere along the conversation, uh, the young lady asked her, hey, you know, what are you doing here? And she told her, hey, my, pa- my husband is a pastor looking to start a church. And she was like, oh, you know, because she had some bad experiences with church. And she was like, I have definitely, you know, I heard about pastor's wives and, you know, that's a no-no. I don't even know I want to be connected with that. So she was really drawn aback. But my wife, you know, they, they continued to work along each other and, and the next thing we knew, they were over at the house, and we invited them over, and uh, we, we broke bread, well, I say over pork chops, you know, it's nothing like a good old pork chop, fried pork chop. Anybody love pork chops? I know some of you don't like pork, but listen, <laughs> pork chop, you know, especially fried, you know, but her and her husband, you know, um, her husband and I, we really got along because both of us like pork chops. I try not to eat too much pork anymore, but that's another story. Uh, so... 
We said, hey, listen, why don't you join us in fellowship? At the time, they were not going to anybody's church because they had been hurt in church. So they decided that they didn't want to go to nobody's church. So Anne Graham Lotz, who's the daughter of Billy Graham, she calls believers who don't go to church, she calls them believers in exile. So they didn't have a location. So we asked them, hey, why don't you join with us in a small uh, Bible study? And we, you know, we started, we started out, started in the beginning of the year. So about midway, about three, four months, I'm getting, I'm going somewhere with this, and it's all about barring faith. About three, four months, we discovered something in our relationship. Uh, we started, somehow we got on the subject of children. And when we said children, the young lady, oh my God, she just started crying. Tears were just filling her eyes. And we were like, what in the world has happened? And we had no idea that, I think they had been married for about 10 years. They had been trying to have a child. And they had no success. I mean, they tried and they tried. And so much so until their faith toward having the children had just just totally just plummeted and they were done they said look we, we, we don't even want to talk about it it was just that much hurt so what my wife and I did was say look oh no I mean we believe God if anybody you know we're going to walk with you through this thing we're going to show you how God you know loves you and he cares about you if there's a situation and look we did that by faith because we didn't know if there was something medical involved we didn't we didn't have no idea but what we did know that God is faithful so they trusted us and guess what Oh, I don't know how long it went, but she got pregnant. She borrowed some of our faith and she's got pregnant. So isn't God good? He knows exactly what to do. And so sometimes you might not have the strength in an area and you need to go somewhere else to get some strength to apply to your situation. So I got to take these off to read. Isn't that something? <laughs> but listen, if you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to read Job. And uh, just a little bit about Job. Job was a Jewish leader. I'm sure you found that out last week. And not only was he a Jewish leader, he uh, always was a rich guy. He had about 7,000 camels, what is it, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen. This man had acreage, he had 10 children. And if you was here last week, you learned that he lost it all, in a nutshell. He just lost it all. So he was a rich guy, and he eventually lost it all. And let me tell you what happened. Uh, Satan... Calling Lucifer, Slewfoot, the devil, devil. I call him the enemy. I call him everything but, you know, the child of God, of course. Uh, but he presented himself before God one day. And God said to him, Hey, have you considered my servant Job? Now, this took place in the first chapter, if you were here. He said, He's an upright man. He holds fast to his integrity. He is a man that will not turn away from me. And he and God allowed Satan to go and take everything he had. All of the sheep that he had was no more. 
Somebody else came along and took all of the camel and they took everything from him. Devastating, devastating. What, what would you do if in a moment's time everything was taken from you? Would you hold fast to your integrity? So let's look at the second chapter. And I'm going to start with the third verse. We're going to be reading from the NLT. And it says this. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you, again, Satan pre presents himself uh, before God with the angels. And he said, and God said to him, hey, hey, Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity even though you urge me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life. But reach out and take away his health. And he will surely curse you to your face. God said, all right. Do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan. But spare his life. So Satan left the presence of the Lord and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Now, one of the things, and I should have told you before I read that, but one of the things I want you to take notice to, God had much faith that Job would be able to get through this. He had much faith. He knew that no matter what you put on Job, Job was going to hold fast to his integrity. So, God knew that. So today, as I stated, we're going to look at, the big idea is, when you doubt the outcome, learn how to borrow some faith. Learn how to borrow some faith. We'll learn, if you read down a little bit further, you'll, you'll learn that Job brought along uh, some of his friends. He had three friends that came from afar. And they came up to Job to offer some comfort and some support. But if you keep reading, unfortunately, his, Job, his friends gave him some bad advice. So you don't want those types of friends that, that have come alongside of you. But what you do need is somebody that knows how to encourage you, how to strengthen you when your situation gets tough. So there are times in our life that you have to remind yourself that God has faith in you. No matter what situation you're in, no matter how tough it gets, no matter how many times you look down the road and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you have to know that God has faith in you that you can get to the end. God is for you. God is for you. It's okay if you doubt sometimes. And if you're honest, sometimes you need a little help. There are moments in our life that we don't realize that we need so, some help. So you remember those moments when uh, the bill is due and you don't have a clue on where the money is coming from? 
And at first you started out and said, yeah, I can get the money, I can get the money, but things have kind of gone on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, you really have no idea, how am I going to meet this bill? How, how will my light stay on? How will I be able to finish college? How would I be able to pay for my children in their college? Oh no, the car broke down. Where am I going to get that money from? All of these situations come to us, and what it does, it's, it's, it, it saps our strength. And it burdens us down. Doubt, when you are doubting your ability, you need to reach out to somebody else to give you some strength. You need to reach out to somebody else that can help you along the way. Job was in a situation similar to that. I mean, he had no idea that there was a conversation about him in heaven. He had no idea that in a moment's time he would lose everything. Do you believe, uh, how do you know, let me put it this way, how do you know God wasn't talking about you one day? And peradventure he might say, you know, have you considered my servant, yada, 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 Bob, Jane, Harry? And maybe some of the circumstances and situation that you're going through that perhaps God already knew that you were able, that you were able to sustain yourself to stand because you would hold fast to your integrity. So let me, let me talk to you about what happens when you begin to doubt God. One of the things happened is that we will find ourselves not having enough strength to endure trials. Again, just like what Job, uh, Job was going through. His name is not Job, but it's Job. <laughs> Another thing is, well, we will give up if we don't borrow some faith. And don't you know that's what the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, Slewfoot, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to give up. Somebody say give up. He wants you to throw in the towel. Tell your neighbor, throw in the towel. That's what he wants you to do. Every circumstance, not every, but a lot of circumstances that you're going through is to test your measure of faith. It's to test your faith. And you know what? A lot of times, if you want your faith to grow, one of the best ways to get your faith to become stronger is to go through a test or trial. Now, another thing that happens when you begin to doubt is that ultimately we don't see the blessings of community. Did you know that we were never uh, designed to go through things alone? Men, if I may talk to us just a little bit, we have the capacity to say, no, I got this. I can handle it. Oh, I can do this by myself. Women, you guys get so frustrated with us and says, look, I don't need your help. I can handle this by myself. You can carry your own load. And we have developed that type of mentality in our culture until we're so isolated, until we're too afraid to ask somebody, come and help me. Anybody like that right now? Uh-oh, I heard somebody coughing. <laughs> what Satan doesn't want you to remember is that God has faith in you. Hello, somebody. God has faith in you. Tell your neighbor, God has faith in me. So what else does the Bible say? The 
Bible says in 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 14, if you have your copy, you can read along with me. It says, I think Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength to do the, his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. If you go back up, he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve. Listen, so many of you, you might say, oh, I'm not the one. I, I, I can't do it. He's already considered you trustworthy. Listen to this. He already sees the moments that you get up early in the morning and you cry out to him in prayer. He already knows those times that you're driving down the highway and you just surrendered your heart to him in prayer. He knows those moments that you spend reading the word of God or encouraging your neighbor. He considers you trustworthy. He knows the integrity of your heart. He knows that you're not intentionally doing anything that will cause your faith to go low. God believes in you. Paul, when he was writing that, he would go through tests. He would go through trials. And Paul understood. And that's why he, wrote, he said, look, the Lord, even though I used to blaspheme him, he counted me trustworthy. So there's, I don't care what you've done in your life, the Lord has brought you so far that he's willing and able to say, hey, listen, it doesn't matter what test they go through. Yeah, I know they want you to, re to meet those expectations on your job. You know what I mean? I, 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 I know, you know, there's goals that you have to meet and you have no idea on how to do that. God believes in you. That's why you were praying, saying, Lord, can you, can you get me through this situation? Can you work it out for me? Oh, yeah, he believes in you. Another scripture says in Luke, it says, Luke 22 and 32. But I have pleaded in prayer for you. This is Jesus talking to Simon. He says, Simon, that your faith, your faith should not fail. Uh, when I was coming up, again in that Pentecostal church, the old people used to sing this song. They said, somebody pray for me. They have me on their mind. They took the time to pray for me. Anybody ever heard that before? They said, I'm so glad they prayed. You know, your grandmother was praying for you. They said, my grandmother was praying for me. <laughs> they had me on their mind. When you were going through it and you thought you didn't want to have nothing to do with grandmom, grandmom was praying for you. <laughs> she had you on her mind. <laughs> she took the time to pray for you. Somebody was praying. 22, he says, but I pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brethren. It doesn't indi it's indicating that, yeah, you might stumble, you might fall, but you're coming back. You're coming back around. Uh, Donnie McClurkin wrote a song years ago. He said, uh, we fall down, but we get up again. Because a saint is just a sinner who fell down, listen to this, and got back up. Right. Right. A 
sinner, a true sinner, will fall down and lay there, just stay there. But a saint knows that a righteous man sometimes can fall seven times, but the Lord will strengthen him. He'll get back up. He'll get back up. So how, how do we borrow some faith? How do we borrow some faith? Job had God and friends in, his, in this long narrative. And if you're going to get through some difficult seasons, you and I need to borrow some faith. We need to borrow some faith. There was a passage of scripture in Mark 9. And um, there was a father who had a son who was overtaken. He would oftentimes fall under convulsions. And what he would do, he would fall into fire, he would fall into the water. And what he did, he took his son to the disciples to see if they could, if they can heal him. And they couldn't do it. And then they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus said to them, he said, if you could believe, all things are possible. If you can believe. And as Jesus prayed for the young man and delivered him, the father cried out, Lord, help my unbelief. Sometimes we need to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. How do we borrow some faith? How do we borrow some faith? Well, there are some, if you see there at the bottom, if you have your paper, you see that there's four ways that we can borrow some faith. The first way is through scripture. If you understand what God's word says, it's real easy to borrow faith. Sometimes we, 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 we lack faith because we don't know what his word says. Uh, you have to go to the Bible. Many people today, we have technology. So these things right here that I'm holding in my hand is almost foreign. You really don't see it. But if you open it up, there's words and you have to spend time. And, and, the, and the Bible tells us that when I was a young man, again, earlier in my days, I was about uh, 18, 19 years old when I came to the Lord. I was single then. And one of the things that I would do, I would go home. I'd live with my brother. I would go to the top floor and the third floor. And I would, and back then they didn't have the computer or anything like that. So they would, uh, I, I just have books. So I would lay everything out on the floor. All of my Bibles that I had, the different variations. I had my, my dictionary. I had my Thompson chain reference. I had all of these different books. And I would read the word of God. I would fill my spirit up with the word. Because the word of God, in, past, in, the Hebrews, uh, in Hebrew, the book of Hebrew, it says, Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing the word of God. One of the things you want to do, you need to know what the word says. So I would encourage you that if you're not a lover of the word, reading the word, please read the word. Go back to the word of God. I discovered in there in Psalms 119, he says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? I was a young man. He said, by taking heed thereunto according to my word. That was the King James Version. He says, thy word have I hid in my heart. Uh-oh, you got to hide the word in your heart. You got to love it that much to tell you. He said, I got to hide it in my, my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. It didn't say that you wouldn't sin, that you might not sin against him. Thy word, the word, the word of God. You know what another way of, of um, borrowing some faith is through prayer. Prayer. I know these are tough 
subjects. Reading the word of God is tough. Praying is tough. But listen, every time we come on Sunday, there's a, prayer, there's a group of people that line up in the back. They're called the prayer team. And they are in place so that you can go back and borrow some of their faith. Hello. You might not have the faith. You're going for a job interview and you don't know if, 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 if God really heard your prayer. So you need to get somebody else alongside of you so that they can help you believe that God heard your prayer and intercede. It's called intercession. Intercede on your behalf so that that job can come to pass. It's called prayer. You know what happens sometimes? Uh, I got an illustration here. You know what happens sometimes when we don't pray? We carry, we carry a load on our back. It's like this. We carry a load and, and we don't want nobody to bother us. Oh my goodness. You know, and you don't even realize, you look, you're carrying this burden around so much until you don't even realize that you, you got this load. You know, and somebody can come along and try to help you out and you'd be like, no, no, I got this thing. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, bro, what's up? What's up, man? What's up? So you're having a little problem today. Looks like I got a problem. Looks like you're troubled or something. I see something different in your eyes. Nah, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm suffering with something, but I'm good. Can I help you? Can I lead you in prayer? Is there something I can pray for you about? Well, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think I think I do need a little prayer. Could you pray, could you pray for me? Man, let me help you with that load, man. Let, what, me, what? let me share it. Uh, okay, okay, all right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, yeah. put the strength in Stefan's heart. Yes. And let me carry that load for him. Yeah. Let me be that friend. Oh my goodness! Thank, thank you, Lord. I Amen. appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what, what, what? Oh, oh man, you taking that? Oh, I feel so much better. Oh. That's what prayer does. It lightens the load. You don't even know that you're carrying a load. Somebody carrying a load today that you don't even know? You need somebody to pray for you? Are you carrying a load that you need to give to God but you don't have enough faith to believe that, you're, that he's able to hear you? I'm telling you, he's able to hear you. You know, there's another way. It's through personal worship. My wife... She's, I love this woman. Oh my God. She's my childhood sweetheart. But I don't understand how she goes there. She can go there, y'all. And, you know, when she's in personal worship and she hears a certain song, it's like the song comes on and tears come out. How do y'all do that? So fast. It's just, oh my God. And, and she could throw her hands up and she's in the, in the presence of God. Personal worship. She knows how to just to bow her head and then again and when that tears coming out of her eyes and when she gets done you know and I come out of the room and I see her crying I'll just keep on walking I'll be like whoa you know I know not to mess with her right there because she's in her personal space of worship it's nothing like crying out to God Lord I need you it's alright to cry to him it's alright to tell him that I need some help and, and so She's crying, and then when she gets done, she says, Whoo, I'm good, I'm good, I'm strengthened now, and there's no more tears. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? All right. Personal worship. Hmm. You know, we become energized, and our spirit gets full when we set time aside 
writing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, there's certain songs. Every morning when I wake up, there's a song that comes in my mind. You know, right now it's called For Your Glory by Tasha Cobb. It just pops right in there. And I just want to throw my hands. I'm going to be rolling out of the bed and just, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Another way, another way to, uh, to borrow some faith is through encouragement. That illustration that we just did, that, that was encouragement. When somebody walks up to you and they give you, they say, you know, the Lord has a word for you that he gave me to give to you. That's encouragement. When somebody shares a scripture with you, that's encouragement. We need to encourage why one another because we're in a body together. This is a body and we all need each other. We're like little cells. If one of the cells gets sick, you know what the other cells does? They run to, the, to that, that virus and everybody, all the little cells, they kind of dive onto that sickness and they beat that sickness down and that's when you see pus come out of that sore. It's because, look, they, they, kicked, him out of, they kicked him out of that body. Say, so you got to get out of here. You got to get, I got this friend. His name, his name is Tyrone. He's from Harrisburg. And every time I need some help, I call Tyrone. Every time Tyrone needs some help, he calls Stefan. And sometimes I'll be in, I might be in a situation where I can't pick up the phone and call him. I'll just text him. And I'll say, pray for me right now. He's, he'll text me back. He says, I'm on it. I'm on it. I might not be able to get to him right away, but later on when he gets done, when we, you know, when we have time to connect, he said, yo, bro, I don't know what you were going through, but I took a moment out of my day and I began to pray for you. And I told Tyrone, listen, I can feel your prayers. I thank you, bro. I thank you. I, and my mind was, was, was a little to the left. I didn't know if I was going to make it. But I know that if I can text you and ask you to pray for me, I can feel the Spirit of God coming to my rescue. And I would do the same thing for him. We need friends to encourage us along the way. Hopefully somebody is hearing what I'm saying. If you are in a situation today where you need to borrow some faith, you need to, don't be afraid to ask somebody. Be honest with yourself and say, I need some help. I'm in a tough moment right now and I really don't see a way out. Job was in a tough moment. His friends came to his rescue. Like I said, if you read it, mm, they didn't really give him the, the best advice. But I'm telling you the best advice that you can give, first of all, is to pray for somebody. The second thing that you could do, share some scripture with them. Maybe sing a song of, of healing, sing a song of deliverance. Learn how to encourage them. So you remember that couple I was telling you about earlier? Not only did she get pregnant, I don't know, it's been about two months now, she had a little baby girl. And we were just, my wife and I were just celebrating the fact that they borrowed some of our faith. But let me tell you why we were able to do that for her and for them. Because when we got married, we have been married for almost three years. And we were trying our best, trust me, <laughs> hey, glory, to have a child. <laughs> and nothing was happening. And it dawned on us. We've been trying and 
trying and trying to have a child. And we thought maybe we should go to the doctors. We had went to the doctors, and the doctors gave us, he prescribed the procedure that he wanted to do, wanted to test our, my, my sperm camp count, wanted to do some testing on my wife. And we were like, okay. And we were started going through the motion. We had a scheduled meeting to go back. But in the meantime, we stopped by our pastor. He said, oh, young man, don't worry about it. I'm going to pray for you. We said, all right, pastor. And lo and behold, church time started in the house of God. And I told you it was a Pentecostal church, so you can almost imagine, right? And they used to say, when, when the spirit of the Lord came into the room, now, it's not like he wasn't already there, but the spirit of the Lord had came into the room, as they said. And he came over and he prayed for me. He literally laid his hands on me and prayed that God would strengthen my body. And the women got around my wife and they prayed for her. They lend, they gave us some of their faith. And I tell you, after two years of trying, to the end of that month, you know, that, that time that we, you know, we just waiting because the women's bodies, you know, and we were waiting on it. And guess what? It didn't come. We were so happy. You mean to tell me, said, well, oh my God, she didn't have her time. Oh my God, you can't tell me that. And we went to the doctor and he said, I don't know what happened, but she's pregnant. We were like, she pregnant? You mean the man prayed and next thing I know, she was pregnant? Oh my God! Not only oh, did she deliver us a child. Look, when we found out that my wife was praying, we were so happy. We were telling everybody. And we went down on our knees and we began to pray. Listen, we had a lot of faith then. We said, Lord, bless us with a man child. If you give us a man child, we'll give him back to you, Lord. Just like Samuel did. Lord, Lord, bless us here, Lord. And he'll serve you in the house of the Lord. And guess what? I got a man child. <laughs> Not only does my son serve in the house of the Lord, I'll be asking him all the time, would you find something else to do? Because he spends so much time in the house of God. So listen, we were able to share with that young couple because somebody shared with us. Somebody shared with us. Somebody shared with us. It built up our faith that we can take it to somebody and build up, build up their faith. Sometimes you need to borrow some faith. Maybe there's somebody here today. You're going through something and you need somebody to lend you some faith. Maybe there's a situation on your table and you're just saying, you know what, I have no idea on how this is going to work. Can I pray for you today? Is there somebody here right now that is burdened with something and you really need a supernatural God to take care of it? If that's you, if that's you, can you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you. Could you bow your heads? 
Father, I thank you. And listen, I'm, I'm going to pray, but I'm asking everybody. Because I believe if all of us pray together, there's one voice in the house. It becomes one voice. And I'm asking you to pray for your neighbor while I pray for you. And if we can all pray together, I believe God can hear our prayers. So Father, I thank you, first of all, that you would allow us to come into the house of the Lord. And Lord, we believe that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. Lord, I'm asking you that you would meet the many needs that are in this house. Somebody today need a financial blessing. Somebody, Lord, needs a job. Somebody needs healing. Someone, Lord, needs a lifting up of their spirit because their relationship with their husband or their wife is not the best. And they want you, Father, to be able to come into their situation and make it all better. I'm asking God that you would pour out your spirit, that you would deliver them right now, that you would bless them right now, that you would give them hope right now. I'm asking God that you would meet that need right now according to your word. And what we will do as a people, we will worship you. We will glorify your name. We will lift you up because you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray.